I want to share a quick message with our members from Pampers Professional. We've always been proud to support neonatal nurses, but never more than now. Caring for the littlest fighters and their families is hard on a good day, and in these times, it's even harder. Thank you for what you do in moments of crisis and every day. Hi, and welcome to NANCAST. I'm Jill, your host. We can all agree that the NICU is a scary place, and especially in these times, there is a new level of uncertainty added. When a baby needs to go to the NICU, excitement and anticipation of a new baby is quickly interrupted. Shock and numbness quickly settle in. Parents are unable to provide the usual caretaking activities for their babies. In turn, they are unable to engage with the infant emotionally. Instead, the parents and the babies are subjected to bright lights, loud noises, frequent staff, and intensive medical treatments and interventions. Some have a feeling of uselessness standing in the shadows of the healthcare team. In the NICU, traumatic, stressful events are continuous. We often tell parents that being in the NICU is like a roller coaster ride. You'll experience ups and downs as your baby meets milestones and experiencing harrowing lows as well. But we as nurses are not on that same ride as them. We are merely the operator and spectator. Only in recent years have research began recognizing and understanding that fear, stress, and anxiety that parents carry with them in and out of the NICU can manifest into post-traumatic stress disorder. Research tells us that up to 53% of mothers with babies in the NICU will suffer from PTSD. This is over half the moms we care for every day. This has a profound impact on the parents in spite of our efforts to provide family-centered care in our NICUs. So why isn't this being talked about more often? How can we as nurses create an environment where people can be parents? How can we enhance parents' confidence and alter negative parental perceptions? One nurse, Katie Malin, has dedicated her nursing career to advocating and researching infants and families to help bring to the forefront perinatal post-traumatic stress disorder. It's a great pleasure to welcome Dr. Katie Malin to the podcast to share her amazing work on perinatal mental health specifically perinatal post-traumatic stress disorder and its relationship to uncertainty. Let's get right into it. Hi, Katie. I appreciate you taking your time to share with us your work. Hi. Thank you so much for this opportunity to talk about this work with you all. Yeah, we're really excited to have you. Um, you know, your work focuses on uncertainty. What does parental uncertainty and illness of an infant look like? How is this different than, you know, uncertainty parents feel about illness in their children when they um, have their babies in the NICU? Yeah, that's um, a really good question. So I think probably on some level, we are all familiar with, you know, those feelings of uncertainty. And there's been a lot of work around what uncertainty surrounding any sort of illness, whether it be your own illness or illness in your children, and what that really means to your health outcomes. And we know that when people experience significant uncertainty about health, that they're more likely to, you know, have self-management um, problems and have a harder time kind of really moving forward. And so my research has really focused on the uh, phenomenon of feeling uncertain around your infant's illness. And what we know and what I've found is that this uncertainty around um, illness is really often the result of some sort of complex 
um, you know, illness in an infant that's often unexpected and really lacks meaning for parents. It produces ambiguity. Um, and what happens is it leads to this, you know, deep emotional and cognitive experience where they're not able to make sense of um, their situation or their infant's illness and their situation. Um, it can be a paradoxical experience in that, you know, for some parents actually experiencing uncertainties brings hope um, for them. Uh, but for a lot of parents, this experience is, you know, negative and it, you know, and it can last a long time. It's an enduring experience. And really what makes the uncertainty that parents of infants experience different than perhaps the uncertainty that parents experience of older children is that this can really impact um, the development of their identity of, as a parent. We know that when um, parents aren't able to do a lot of those things that they need to do in the first few days, weeks, months of life, um, and it produces feelings of uncertainty about what this is going to mean, they aren't really able to attain that identity as a parent. And, you know, we know from previous research that that's really an important developmental stage in parenthood. Um, and so not only is it important for us to understand this um, experience as we are working with parents while they're in the NICU, we should also really appreciate that this can really impact them for a long time and how they identify as a parent and how they interact with their, with their uh, infant and then their child as they grow. Um, you know, we know that parents really need to identify ability, you know, coping mechanisms to kind of deal with this uncertainty that comes along with having um, either a sick or a premature infant. Uh, what does that look like while the parents are in the in the NICU, this uncertainty? Um, what, what will we see as nurses when parents are, you know, struggling with uncertainty about the illness of their children? And, you know, how, how do they cope with that? Yeah, that's a really, that's a great question. So um, I think, you know, just kind of stepping back for a minute, what I have read and what I've learned is that when people experience uncertainty, they need to figure out how to manage that and kind of how to manage the cognitive and that emotional experience. And what we know is when people experience a lot of uncertainty, they will often manage this information in one of two ways. Um, the first is to really avoid information, and then the other is to really seek a lot of information. And my research has really been based on this idea that perhaps because of the way people need to manage information, there's a relationship there with uh, post-traumatic stress. Because if we think about what avoiding information is like, it's a lot like avoidance. And what information seeking is like, it's very similar to hypervigilance, which avoidance and hypervigilance are two of the symptom clusters of post-traumatic stress disorder. And that's kind of been the crux of my research. But I want to just kind of tie that back to like what you're going to see and what we see all the time as NICU nurses. So I think we can all remember and identify a family that, um, you know, is in the NICU at all times when possible. They ask every healthcare provider who walks in that door for their opinion about what's going on. They join as many, you know, Facebook groups as they can. And they're just really seeking as much information as they can. And they're trying to kind of wrap their head around what does this really mean? And they're trying to manage that by getting as much information as possible. They're the people who come to you with articles. 
that they found online um, and they wonder what you think. Um, and so that's, you know, one way of managing uncertainty. It's to kind of gather as much information as you can, because then perhaps you have some control over it. Um, and then really that other way of managing information that's really stressful or just really produces strong feelings of uncertainty is to just avoid it. And I think, again, we've all probably taken care of families like this. These are the families that, you know, they don't, they don't show up until 10 p.m. Uh, because they don't really want to have that interaction with the care team. They would rather just come see their baby um, and not have to talk about what all of this is going to mean or what this looks like. They just want to avoid any sort of information as possible. And and on some level, I think we've probably all also taken care of families who just kind of stop coming all together, um, which is really kind of the saddest uh, level of trying to manage uncertainty. But it just becomes too hard. Um, to hear the information anymore or stop calling because it's just too hard to manage that information. And so what people then do is just completely cut themselves off from information. Um, and so those are there's certainly people in between, but those are kind of extreme methods of kind of managing feelings, deep feelings of uncertainty about your infant's illness. Um, and I think probably most NICU nurses have seen this and uh, have interacted with parents in these ways and maybe perhaps haven't totally understood that what they're doing there is really trying to make sense of this kind of completely uncertain situation about their infant and, and their lives as parents and their future in general. You're right. I, I definitely think we all have seen um, parents that fit both of those categories, and it can be a real struggle dealing with parents that are, are you know, hypervigilant versus the parents that are really um, absent um, and, and trying to find a, a happy medium and, you know, giving them information enough for them to process and then also allowing them time to, um, you know, interact with their child and bond with their child the best way we can, considering um, what's going on in their medical situation. Um, but how do we help parents as they attempt to manage all of their uncertainty? Um, what as nurses can we do to help these parents just make sense of everything and, and how to um, really handle this uncertainty that they're feeling, whether they're on the you know, hypervigilant spectrum or you know, just somebody that's very um, trying to avoid all of this information? Sure. Yeah, that's a, um, another really good question. I think it's really applicable to what we all do as nurses. I think, first and foremost, I just want to put out there, I think nurses are probably some of the best prepared people to do this work. Um, and it's not always noticed, but it's really, really important work. Um, I think it would be unusual if parents didn't experience some uncertainty when they had an infant in the NICU. And so it certainly isn't that all uncertainty is a bad thing. It's really when it becomes, you know, almost pathologic or it inhibits parents' ability to do the things that they need to do that we as nurses have an opportunity to really help them walk through that process. Um, you know, and some of the most important things we do as NICU nurses is take the time to uh, do the assessment. I teach undergraduate nursing, and so I'm always like, take the time to do the assessment and really understand where parents are coming from um, and do a good assessment as to how they're, where they're at with their feelings of uncertainty and what they're doing to kind of manage that and then really help, you know, them through that as they lead a little bit. One of the most powerful things we can do as nurses is help parents make sense of um, their birth and of their NICU experience. A lot of our parents have had complicated pregnancies 
Um, a lot of times we don't always totally appreciate what they've had leading into the delivery of their infant that's ended up uh, with a NICU hospitalization. Um, and what that has done also in terms of their ability to make sense of where they're at. So when we when we do work around post-traumatic stress, we talk a lot about creating a narrative. Um, and I think there's opportunity uh, for nurses in the NICU to help parents create a birth in NICU narrative that makes sense. Um, and so whether or not that needs to be through journaling or through just having open conversations. And as the NICU nurse, our job is really to listen and help parents when they get stuck. Because people become uncertain when they come to a point in their story that doesn't make sense to them anymore. Um, and people will either make up a story that, you know, is totally not correct or, you know, perhaps put blame on themselves. And those are all things that are, we know, bad. <laughs> They're bad for parents. And so as nurses, as we can, if we take the time to sit and listen and help them walk through their narrative, that's a really, really powerful tool. Um and getting when people get stuck, helping them, giving them prompts as to, well, then remember, then no, after that, um, you know, your infant, we we extubated them, you know, and really helping them remember in not not that you're right, but really helping them walk through things that didn't make sense to them. That's a really powerful tool. The other thing is um, really helping parents to kind of quiet that knee jerk reaction to uncertainty that it's scary. Um, and really kind of being present and allowing them to kind of quiet all of that and be present with their baby and acknowledge their baby as a human um, and really help them begin to develop um, as a parent. I think we do a lot of that. We do a lot of really good things when we encourage parents to change diapers. And those are all activities that seem like day-to-day -day business as a NICU nurse. But um, I, I know that every parent I've ever talked to who spent any time in the NICU, those are really meaningful experiences. And it um, helps them provide some, uh, you know, concrete examples of how they are being parents and that they, they certainly are that baby's parent. Um, and so you don't have to cure anybody's uncertainty. That's not, that's not going to be the goal. That's not something any of us can do, but really what we can do it, you know, and I think nurses do so well is really help parents, um, kind of go through that process in a way that's not pathologic. Now, when parents are, you know, really avoiding the NICU and avoiding not even coming in, that's a really hard thing. And I think that also causes distress for healthcare providers as well, obviously. Um, you know, we just have to be real patient um, and not quick to judge. Um, you know, we certainly, um, we certainly can make, we can make up our own story about why they're not coming in. Or we can take some time to really listen. Um, and, you know, those, again, are things that aren't, mess you know, they're not quite as glamorous as, you know, hanging a bunch of drips and resuscitating a baby. But they are really probably just as meaningful in the long run in terms of that family's health. Um, and really encourage parents that there's no need for perfection in the NICU, right? Like um, that there's, we need to have grace with um, ourselves, with each other, um, and really to kind of help calm all of that down. Yeah, I definitely think that's true. I, I, I think most nurses will call themselves type A personalities in the NICU and they want everything to be perfect on time. Um, 
you know, and I think, you know, just kind of saving those cares for the parents when they come to visit, even if it's just a diaper change and a, and a temperature that gives those family like a very good sense of connection. And I think we don't sometimes realize how important just little gestures like that can be to parents and how much um, it can really mean to them. And like you said, it's sometimes it's just taking the time and stepping back to to see, um, you know, what, what the parents are going through. Because all too often, you're right, we do set a narrative in our minds of what's going on with the parents. We don't always take the time to talk to parents and, and really find out what they're doing and how they're dealing with everything. It's the, the baby's on the forefront, but sometimes we really need to bring the parents up close too. Um, we like to say we're really good at family-centered care, um, but there's also a lot that, you know, we could work on to make it better. And and what you just provided with us is is great insight. And hopefully, you know, everybody can apply that to their daily um, time in the NICU when they're caring for their patients. Um, as you mentioned previously, you know, there are typical responses for parents to react to uncertainty, but um, what are the parents that we should be more concerned about um, in the NICU and, and the parents that we should be providing extra, um, you know, diligence towards? Yeah, that's a, another good question. So, you know, my research was really around what does uncertainty look like in the NICU? And then what does uncertainty look like three months after parents go home? Um, and is there a relationship between high levels of uncertainty and perinatal post-traumatic stress? Um, and what I found was, you know, yes, most parents in kind of as a blanket statement have elevated uncertainty at the time of, you know, in admission to the NICU. Um, in most parents, that uncertainty drops off over time um, and it drops off, you know, significantly over time. Um, and it's, you know, for some parents after they're at home, a lot of that goes away. But for some parents, that high level of uncertainty, that just doesn't go away and that doesn't drop off. And that I like to call it like an uncertainty profile. It just looks really different for some parents. Um, and they just have kind of a prolonged, elevated uh, experience of high, you know, uncertainty about their child and their infant's illness. And so what I found was that, you know, um, for parents who um, had babies who ended up in the NICU uh, who were term over 37 weeks gestation, their levels of uncertainty did not decrease um, after they went home. Um, whereas, you know, our the baby, the parents of babies who were born prematurely, they start out with really high levels of uncertainty, but they really decreased with the passage of time. And that just wasn't the same for parents who had term babies in the NICU. And, you know, similarly, uh, when I looked at uh, parents' uncertainty profiles who had babies in the NICU for reasons that are often related or, you know, not related to prematurity, for example, parents who had infants who had hypoxic ischemic encephalopathy, their uncertainty actually increased um, over time, which is kind of the opposite of what we saw um, for the majority of parents. Um, the same, you know, the same thing we saw um, for um, <clears throat> parents who um, had um, palliative care consultations. And so what that really says is that there's there's different kind of parents in the NICU, and we can't just make blanket uh, assessments about what uncertainty is going to mean to them. I do think that it's kind of a different beast if you have a term infant in the NICU. You know, you don't usually end up in the NICU if you're term for anything that's usually going to have a super good outcome unless it's, you know, low blood sugar here or there. And so, um, you know, the uncertainty that those parents experience is really very different, it looks like, than the parents of a premature infant. Because 
I think we all know, or we expect anyways, that most preemies get better with time. That's what we tell parents. They need time. They need to grow. You know, their lungs need to grow. And with the passage of time, things get better. And that's just not true for a lot of the diagnoses that um, end up um, being associated with being term. And um, and so those parents, um, three months after they've gone home, are still experiencing high levels of uncertainty about their infant's illness. And um, those same parents are more likely to have perinatal post-traumatic stress disorder. And so um, I think we need to approach those parents perhaps a little bit differently in terms of how we assess where they're at and what kind of tools they have to kind of manage all of this. And when they go home, what's that going to look like? You know, are we sending them home? You know, most I, I, I like to tell parents, babies always do better at home, you know, and I think they mostly do. Babies mostly always do better at home. And my hope would be that parents always do better when their babies are home as well. And I think when we're taking care of parents whose babies are in the NICU, not because they're just premature, but for other things, we really need to prepare them uh, for what it's going to be like at home and, you know, what is going to be the next thing uh, and how are they going to manage that? Um, And um, I think in the NICU, I mean, we're all intensive care nurses. And so, you know, I like all of everybody, like a quick response. I like to, you know, hang some dopamine and see a response. Um, It's hard to think about like what we're doing now is how it's going to help in three months and six months and a year. But I think it's really important uh, because that time that parents and families spend in the NICU is small and compared to their life. Um, And so we have this opportunity to give them some good tools uh, for managing this once they even go home, you know, and then also when we work with, um, Parents, I looked also at uh, parental characteristics and uncertainty, and you know, we I, I found that um, kind of interestingly, you know, again, most parents their uncertainty decreases over time, but for parents who are younger than eighteen years of li- of life, so young teenage parents, their uncertainty increases a lot after they go home, and they actually had like the lowest uncertainty at the time of admission in the NICU, which was pretty surprising, like. And I don't know if that's a function of just maturity um, and uh, perhaps measurement of uncertainty in a teenage parent. Um, But we know that those are also parents who are at risk once they go home of of really having kind of some negative perinatal mental health outcomes as well. Um, And so I think, you know, when we approach families, again, assess, assess, assess. But uh, we do know that the trajectories of infants' health are different, and therefore also those parents' um, mental health trajectories are going to be a little bit different as well. Your research findings for, for you know for the babies that are um, discharged three months later is, is really interesting because you know a lot of times we don't hear about how the uh, parents are doing post discharge. We always get updates on the babies, but we don't necessarily know what's going on with the parents. So that's it's a really interesting finding, and you know I think it goes to show how important it is to do those assessments that you mentioned early um, early on in admissions that we're spending time to really do those assessments with the parents. Um, to make sure that we can um, try to help them manage their uncertainty and to be able to be confident and successful um, after discharge. Um, You know, we do worry about uncertainty um, 
to the point that um, it might start inhibiting these parents to function. We, we've all seen that. Um, does your research show a relationship between perinatal mental health and uncertainty? Did you find any relationships? I did. Um, and so, you know, my big study was on the relationship between parents' uncertainty about their infant's health while they were in the NICU, and again, three months after their discharge, and the likelihood of screening positive for perinatal post-traumatic stress disorder three months after they've been discharged. Um, and what I found was that, um, like I noted, all parents have elevated uncertainty at the time of admission in the NICU. Um, but for parents who um, still have that kind of elevated uncertainty, even after they've gone home, those parents are more likely to have perinatal post-traumatic stress or, or I'm sorry to clarify, to have screen positive for perinatal post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, and so that relationship at three months after discharge is there. And so that really indicates that there's some opportunity earlier uh, to help parents manage that. So if there is a relationship after they go home, if we can maybe perhaps help them feel a little less uncertain, perhaps we can also impact some of their perinatal post-traumatic stress disorder. I also found a relationship between parents, mothers specifically, who, um, who screened uh, positive for postpartum depression or high levels of postpartum depression. Those moms were also more likely to have um, elevated um, uncertainty after they've gone home and also more likely to have perinatal post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, we've always known that there's a relationship between uh, perinatal post-traumatic stress disorder and postpartum depression um, and kind of teasing some of that out. But I've also found now that uncertainty is a component of that. And whether or not that uncertainty is, you know, a trait of that parent or it's a state related to being in the NICU that I haven't really teased all that out, but there certainly is a relationship. So perhaps if NICU nurses, when they have those really meaningful interactions with parents in the NICU, um, could also focus some on those feelings around uncertainty, I think there is potential to kind of improve perinatal mental health long after they've um, been discharged from the NICU. Now more than ever, I think uncertainty is in the forefront um, with the whole COVID-19 pandemic that is affecting the world. Um, how do you think the current COVID-19 pandemic has impacted uncertainty and mental health for parents with infants in the NICU? I think um, there's obviously going to be a relationship here. Um, we are living in probably the most uncertain times that we have all experienced uh, in terms of a as a culture and a society. And um, I think now more than ever, probably we have a, a new empathy for what it means to feel uncertain. I, I often think about how um, the, one of the first questions usually a parent will ask me when I'm admitting a baby into the NICU is, so when can my baby go home? And, um, you know, I, nobody's going to answer that question the way a parent would like that to be answered. Um, because we just don't ever know. We, we like to say, well, they have to meet these five things or, you know, the baby's really going to decide and we're going to let the baby lead. So we have all these answers that just don't answer the question that they're asking us. And I think we all now kind of know what that feels like. You know, when is this going to go back to, quote, normal? And what is this going to really look like? And we just don't know that answer. And it feels really uncomfortable for most of us. 
And um, I think we maybe all can have a new appreciation for what it feels like as a parent when we when we answer their question. Not that we can answer it, but just really being able to be thoughtful about that. Um, you know, there's no way that parents aren't being impacted by um, uh, the COVID-19 pandemic, you know, depending on where in the country you're living and working, there's NICUs where parents are not even being allowed to come see their babies just because of, you know, perhaps they have an open bay set up where there's just an inability to do social distancing. So I know that some NICUs have really not even allowed parents to come at all. Um, or, you know, other kind of measures along that line where we are really restricting how many parents can come, one parent, um, for their whole hospitalization. Um, and, you know, certainly we're, we're making decisions, you know, based on the best information we have and our and safety is always, always going to be the goal, but there are going to be unintended consequences from those decisions that we've made. Um, and I think probably one that's going to not be necessarily spoken about very much is what that really means for parents. Um, they're, you know, um, these are all things that everything you've ever learned about being a NICU nurse goes against, right? We, we've always learned that it's really important that moms hold their babies right away and that, um, you know, that they be there and be present and family-centered care. And this is just really flying in the face of all of that. Um, and so, yes, there is uh, damage that can happen, I think. And um, the amount of uncertainty in uh, that ability to feel like a parent is probably decreased for a lot of parents right now. Um, and really, everybody is doing their best uh, in the pandemic, uh, just like all parents and healthcare providers. But um, I think we need to be acutely aware that we are asking parents to go through this really often difficult time now with these other constraints um, that we usually have as tools in our pockets to kind of help them through that, that journey and that process. Um, and so I do think it'll be interesting to see, you know, the results of this. But I do think as we create policy and as we look at safety, uh, we need to take a holistic view um, and really make the best decisions for families and their safety and their health and their babies and um, employees' health and also really what's going to be good for their family uh, once they go home from the NICU. Um, I also think, like, that... I can't talk about uncertainty right now during the pandemic without just talking about what it means to be a, a NICU nurse right now. Um, you know, I, um, my friend and I always joke, like, you know, we're all living at our homes and not going out. And then you might see somebody and they'll be like, oh, you've been out and you've been to a hospital and maybe you have some new information. Or people are asking us for what do we think it's going to look like in a month? And, and the truth is we don't know. We don't know, just like everybody else, um, and we're being asked to kind of be a, a quote, hero. Um, and I read something that nurses didn't become nurses because they wanted to be heroes. You know, nurses became nurses because they want to take care of people. Uh, sure, it's great to be called a hero, but um, that's not really why we did this. And so that uncertainty that comes with the pandemic and our jobs and how we're able to take care of people, if it's, it's hard right now, um, it doesn't feel good to uh, not let parents come see their babies. And it doesn't feel good, um, you know, to make these changes. And certainly we're all doing the things that we need to do to be safe and that's really important. But I think we also need to acknowledge that it's fatiguing um, and that um, 
no, it's not fun to wear a mask for, you know, 16 hours. And no, it's not great <laughs> to wear a face shield. Um, those are those are not normal things. And it's hard. And we're asked to be these heroes. And so uh, just really also being really gentle and kind with our uncertainty about that. Um, and that we don't need to have those answers all the time. Um, and that we don't necessarily need to be a hero either. Um and I think if we're able to do that, then we're also able then to really take care of parents um, because I don't think anybody can take care of parents and babies if they are also overwhelmed with their own feelings of uncertainty about what this is going to mean for their their job and their life. Um, and so, and, you know, the families that we're taking care of. So taking care of that stuff for yourself is really important. And then being able to really meet parents where they're at. Um, and we have to be creative, which, you know, good news, nurses are super creative, and we are good at figuring out how to do the next thing. But um, whether that means, you know, utilizing cameras to see their babies, or, you know, um, uh, really asking parents um, about their perception of their baby to really help them identify themselves as parents or over communicate. And I hate to say that because I, I, I am somebody who hates getting too many emails. But I, when I'm saying over communicate, I mean, listening and answering questions over and over again, um, and being able to anticipate questions. Um, I think those are all things that we're, we're good at as nurses, um, if we're healthy ourselves. And so um, it's really important right now during the pandemic that uh, we figure out what we need to do to be healthy so we can take care of parents because this is really hard for parents. And this is really hard for us, but it's really hard for parents with babies in the NICU. Everything is uncertain in the whole world and their baby's sick. So, um, uh, you know, really doing that work ahead of time so you can go in there and be present with parents, help them walk through that narrative um, and really make sense of what's going on in a way that's meaningful is super important and it's really powerful. Um, and it's what nurses do best. Yeah, exactly. I feel like we, um, you know, we, we have to sift through countless emails for new policy changes on, you know, what's new this day versus the next day and things are constantly changing. And, you know, we need to, as nurses and healthcare providers to really make sense of, of what's going on. Um, you know, and like you said, it's really important that we do self-care as well because we need to be able to take care of ourselves so we can give all of ourselves to these parents and these babies that we're caring for every day. So, you know, if we can try to, you know, help a little bit, um, answer those questions, you know, maybe, you know, bridge a little bit of that gap of uncertainty for the parents evolving COVID and what's going on in the hospital and, and that creativity of, of using um, different disciplines to help out, help the parents make that bond when they can be um, at the bedside, um, you know, and, and these parents are really struggling with, with these visitor restrictions. Every hospital is probably doing it in some way or another. Um, so, you know, it's just, just to be kind to one another. And I think if families see us be kind to one another, um, I think it makes it a little bit easier to um, – you know, follow everything that's going on and, and just go with the flow with all of the uncertainty that's happening um, in the world right now. Yeah, exactly. Thanks, Katie, for joining us today. Your work is amazing, and the everlasting effects it has on our families is invaluable. Hopefully, perinatal post-traumatic stress disorder and uncertainty will be discussed more openly and will help normalize it. By speaking openly and honestly, we can begin to raise awareness, offer hope, and call for more support. 
Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support and letting us into your ears. Have a great day.